Have you wondered how to get through a hard time? Have you wanted to have major success in a short amount of time? Then you need to listen to this episode. You're listening to the Dynamic Women Podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Rolston. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host, and I'm so excited to have Ravina. And I, I didn't even get, I didn't even ask how to say your last name. Oberoi. Oberoi. Yeah. My apologies on that. It's, <laughs> it's it's so great to have you here, Ravina. Um, you know, we go we go way back into yeah. not like way, way back, but in, so. in the depth of our knowledge of each other's businesses, we have that because we were part of like a mastermind together, an accountability group. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to bring you to my listeners because and you're going to be super humble about it. And I'm going to boost your ego here a little bit, but all the success you've had <laughs> and part of that being, you know, your age, mm-hmm. but the truth is that it came from your skill and your work ethic. So um, let me, let me just start off. Let me tell everybody who you are. Okay. <laughs> so Ravina is the owner of Just Cakes, the Jar Bar and creator of Rav Rav thinks the podcast, her why includes inspiring the younger generation with a story that will hit home and hopefully inspire others to reach their highest, fullest potential in actively striving for their wildest dreams. Yeah. <laughs> but you make cakes. <laughs> make cakes. Exactly. Okay, That's so just, yeah. <laughs> start with like, uh-huh. what is your entrepreneurship journey? All right. Let's, let's buckle down here. Okay. I was 16, I was insecure, I was anxious, and I found baking on YouTube and Cake Boss and Food Network, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of how how can we make something edible that you can eat out of nothing? And that just kind of started this obsession with baking for me. And mm-hmm. in turn, it actually turned out to be kind of my form of therapy. I felt really at home in the kitchen. I felt my confidence coming back. I went through a really, really dark time in high school. And I feel like it's I, it's talked about more now. But back, back when I was 16, you know, you didn't hear about teenage depression, you didn't hear about these things. And then you go through it. And you're sitting in the washroom crying your eyes out over, you know, something Aww. your mom said or something someone said to you at school. I had acne as a kid. I got made fun of for it. Things like that, right? And and no one realizes the the how hit hard it can hit you and in what way. So it, it that kind of, um, you know, teenage kind of life really brought me down. And cakes was my therapy. I I found my confidence again in the kitchen. I found that hey, Rav, like you're good at this. And, you know, you can make people cakes and cakes are supposed to make people happy. And so I started to bring cakes to school. I did all my school projects in cake form. I kind of really made it my thing. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, a couple of years down the line, well, graduating high school at that point, I kind of was back in a mental space where I'm like, yeah, like, I'm good at this. And, and, you know, I'm a valuable person in society. And I am a good person. And then, 
Wow. Fast forward, I uh, moved to Vancouver. I went to UBC. I have a degree in psychology and I lived in the dorms. And in the dorms, there's no kitchens. There's only communal cafeterias and communal like sinks and fridges and stuff. No, no full kitchens. And I absolutely lost my mind. So I, and that was also the same year I actually lost my grandma, who was a big part of, you know, um, kind of my mental mantra of saying, you know, anything you do, you do it with love and with everything that you have. And she was, she was that woman in my life to remind me of that every single day. Um, yeah. So I lost my grandma in that sec, in that first year of school. And I lived in the dorms. I didn't have my kitchen. I didn't have my release. And it really, really got to me. And that was kind of when I stepped back and I looked at myself and I'm like, Rob, you need your kitchen in your life. Yeah. And something as simple as that, right, can, can change your world. So my second year, um, I got to, I rented an apartment with a friend just uh, just a few minutes off campus. And there was a small, really, like when I say small, I mean tiny kitchen, a retro <laughs> oven, little counter space, but it was a kitchen nonetheless. And it, it made me so happy. The first thing I unpacked when I moved in was like my cake supplies. And I made my, my cousin a baby shower cake. It was a lemon cake with raspberry filling. It was yellow with baby letters and pink and blue. I still remember it. And I made it and I'm like, I can do this here. And that's kind of what started it all. So I would I had a full course load and I would make cakes on the weekends for um, university club events, fundraisers, things like that. Slowly getting out there, I made my first business cards on paint <laughs> and then and then my dad got them printed for me and, and so forth. But yeah, it was just kind of the start of start of the hustle, honestly. And then fast forward another few years. And let me let me just pause yeah. you there, because I just want our <laughs> listeners to really catch this, that you were suffering in high school you were down and out and you didn't feel like you had things going for you no but you poured yourself into one of your passions or you made something you were good at into more of a passion Mm -hmm. and so there is the ability to pull yourself through exactly Exactly. and that gave you the confidence to then go other things and probably to go to university but when you take away someone's passion Mm-hmm. that that's when we slip back exactly and that just shows the weight of how much your passion can do for you right and passion and purpose at the end of the day too like yeah. it, it, yes like you mentioned yeah, yeah i i, I want to inspire people through making cakes but it's not that it's the purpose behind you know, yeah. why I started all of this is because it made me feel good. It made me feel like I was worthy. It made me feel like I was enough. And, and you know, a, a, a hobby that can turn into a passion can definitely do that for someone. And you don't know how that story or that vehicle is going to help inspire other people. And that's kind of where my why comes from. But yeah, so I graduated university and I graduated, you know, in, in psychology and my, my prof in my final year, one of my main profs was like, we had like this term project of, you know, counsel yourself through a career problem. And I'm like, wow, isn't this perfect? Do I go for my degree or do I go for my passion? And she was the first person that looked at me and said, why do you need to choose one thing that you love? And I never heard it that way. And I'm South Asian. So I come from kind of um, a cultural background that's very much, you know, stick to a really good professional degree, professional job, get a job, uh, get a family, have kids and, you know, that linear progression of life. Um, Because it kind of comes from, you know, uh, an immigrant mentality of, you know, survival of the fittest almost. And, and that is a whole nother way to grow up. And, you know, my, my parents are amazing individuals and they've always been um, huge advocates for 
going for your dreams. So I think that was a huge part in it. But yeah, that was the first time I ever heard that I can I can have two loves, I can do two things. So there was about two and a half years in my life that I was doing both I was working in within the realm of psychology as well as doing cakes full time. And that's when I kind of made the decision to leave everything and go to Paris and live in Paris and study under some incredible, incredible world renowned chefs in Paris. Um, because I said to myself, I, I love this thing too much. I, lo- I, I want to see it through. I want to do everything in my power that I can, that I'm exercising this passion to the ult- most ultimate form, as crazy as it may be. And so I did. And I just wait, it's not just like, and then I went, right? It wasn't just, I went to the airport and I got on a plane and I went. Like you had to make an active decision to stop doing one of the things in order to pursue the other. And like, kudos to you for going full, like, where is the best possible place that I can learn this? I love that about you. When I, when I think about different parts of my business, I think, okay, I want to do that now. Who's the best person to learn from. And so you did that. And so listeners be doing that. Like two things here. One focus on the, like make a decision to choose that thing that you really want to do. And when you're going to do it, go all out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like you owe it to yourself. It's a service to yourself, right? Diane has a podcast of investing in yourself. She has an episode that is, that's it. That is it. Like you are the most important vehicle for you, you know, and, and the more you invest in yourself, the more your perspective shifts, the more opportunities, experiences you get. And then the more, you know, you can go out and do the things that you love. It's like, it just makes sense. So tell us about Paris and and (laughs) what then? So I was 21 and uh, I had all of my, my savings. I went to, I, so let me tell you this story because it's kind of wild. Um, and I know this entire podcast is going to be a long story, but it's fine. It's okay. um, but yeah, so it was November 2015. Um, I was working as a behavior interventionist as well as doing cakes on the side. Um, one of my foodie idols in Vancouver, Jackie K. Ellis, she owns Bukut Bakery. Following her journey, she went to the school in Paris called Belle Concierge. So I started looking into the school and I actually um, I emailed them to get more information. So they emailed me back again. This is November. Uh, they said, hey, we have room in the 2017. So two years, 2017 term. And I'm like, cool, that gives me two years to save money to do whatever. And, and so what? Two weeks go by. They give me a call at 3 a.m. in the morning, which is like about noon there. And they're like, hey, Ravina, we have one more spot for you, but we need your payment by tomorrow. I'm 21. I ju- I'm fresh out of university, <laughs> fresh out of university. And uh, I have barely having any savings. So I'm like, okay. So the next day um, I wake up, I go to the bank, I empty out my bank account. I had literally have $123 left to my name and I put that deposit down. I go home, I tell my mom, I'm like, hey mom, I'm going to Paris. And she's like, when do you leave? <laughs> so, and so from November to April, I have never worked so hard in my yes. life so hard in my life wow. to make it work. Cause I still had um, a good, ch- cause that was just the deposit payment. I still had a good chunk of the payment to make before I left. So I've never worked so hard, man. <laughs> like I wanted that so bad. Wow. And April, 2016, I went, I came back in August. And then that's when I made the decision that in a year's time, I'm going to open up my bakery. So yeah. <laughs> and you did. And, uh, and it's called and where is it? Um, so yeah, so uh, I op- <laughs> just like big shop. I opened July 2017 in Surrey on Scott Road and 75A. Um, and just last Friday, so January 29th, 
2021, we opened up our second location in Cloverdale. So that's on 176. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's wild still. Like I'm getting like goosebumps. <laughs> so, and for those of you, anyone listening international, that is Vancouver yeah. uh, area, like BC, Canada. And so, you know, when things settle down, you definitely got to. Yeah. definitely got to come in and, and try yep. the cakes and, and mm-hmm. not, it's not just cakes, my goodness. Like, and I have to share my story. The first time that I met you and the group, I show up at this boardroom and we're all there ready to like dive into our businesses. And in the middle of the room, there is a box with my name on it, I think, or maybe it just said it was the just cakes box. But anyway, when it opened up, it was just like a cornucopia of the most fancy delicious patisseries <laughs> cakes like I've ever seen and, and my name I think it said welcome Diane on it it yeah. was just the sweetest and now for you to say like that kind of like the giving of love through cakes for mm-hmm. sure like I felt so I was like I'm home this is my group <laughs> or at least she's my group <laughs> because of how you welcome me that was just so sweet and just the high quality of the work you do is fantastic but so from the time you landed back in uh, like back home from France to yeah. now how long has that been um so that was 2016 so four coming up yeah almost five years if it'll be five years in the summer yeah and how old are you now I'm 27. Okay. So I just want for anyone that's like, (laughs) I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too whatever. Mm -mm. You're not. And so in five years, you've opened up two like physical storefronts. Mm -hmm. You also have your cakes in what stores? Um, So we have them at Fresh Street Markets across BC. So that's in five stores. Um, We have them at Dank Mart in Vancouver, which is like a snack store. Um, we have them at Tasty Indian Bistro in their two locations there. That's a high-end Indian restaurant. We have them at Mink Chocolate Cafe in White Rock, BC. Um, we are working on a couple more cafes right now. And just, yeah, just catering to weddings, birthdays, small occasions. COVID has definitely made things a little bit different, but I don't necessarily think it's in a bad way for, for my business in particular. Uh, We were able to conceptualize the North America's first cake jar vending machine. So we have a vending machine now. And that's at, uh, we started off at Willowbrook Center in Langley. And then we went to Aberdeen Center in Richmond. And now we're working on a couple of things for that too. So (laughs) So amazing. And I also know Mm -hmm. that you either have worked or continue to work with an extremely famous brand that I can't say what it is, but an extremely famous brand mm-hmm. um, providing cakes for their clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, that's, that's, I can't say wow. more, but that is huge. And, so what mm-hmm. and or maybe what the listeners are feeling is there were so many things that so many avenues where you're putting out your products. And so that's where I kind of want to relate it. Just like if someone had a, lot, a service, you can put it out in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And so how would you say you've been able to capitalize on these opportunities? Cause mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like everybody's knocking on your door and saying, mm-hmm. Ravina, please do all these amazing things. And here it is like you hustled and you worked. So how did, how do you make this happen? And when you get the opportunity, how do you know to take it? I feel like I live my life through this. Have you heard of the theory of positive uncertainty? So that's, essentially, 
it, the, essentially that is the theory that innately humans like down to you know evolutionary speak down to our just instincts we are instinctually afraid of what we don't know we're afraid of the uncertain so it is this theory that says well we need to make an active conscious effort to actually label the uncertain as positive as po hmm. that potentially positive experiences yeah. whether it's opportunity yeah. whether it's experience whether it's just your perspective it's just a mindset shift that's all it is and yeah. so i think that i have just over the years i've become really good at that even if it's you know me making a huge fail even if it's me you know um just talking to someone for the first time meeting someone i feel like there's always opportunity and a place to gain experience knowledge whatever from that you know instance so i feel like just over the years just getting really good at that getting really comfortable with being positive about scenarios whether they are innately negative scenarios or positive scenarios is just having a positive perspective on that i think that's really made a difference that every single meeting i go to i'm thinking okay well how how can i it's not necessarily how can i benefit from that it's like how is this going to positively affect me in which way right and even just just two weeks ago diane i was like in my lowest of lows trying to like figure out this new location how am i going to pay for it the bank rejected me all this kind of stuff and like they promised me money before and financing and how am i supposed to pay my you know 20 employees right now like all of that like that was such a real fear and we were just about to this is two weeks literally two weeks ago and so instead of like sulking i sulked for don't get me wrong i sulked for like two hours and then I cried, I cried, I did what I need to do. And I said, okay, let, let's, crying is not, it's not gonna get me anywhere. Let's see what are my options here? How can I learn from this? Okay, I can learn from this by being better in the books. I can learn from this by having a plan B, but how do we proactively go about this in a way that it's really, really gonna help, right? What, who do I need to talk to? Who do I, what do I need to do? So I think it's just like that mindset shift of like, there's always a way, there's always a way, you know, nothing is impossible. And it's just kind of going with that mindset of that every single thing in this life can be an opportunity if you let it be an opportunity. So mm -hmm. I, th I think that's that's all it is, honestly. And when you want to know about you is that you say, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then you do that. Mm -hmm. Where I think what a lot of other people do is they say, that'd be nice to do. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, I'm going to do that. And then things get hard. But you step into that, how can I mentality? Exactly. Well, how can I make it work? Yeah, because I said I'm doing it and I'm doing it. And obviously, if, if things uh, if things turn out to be not a good idea that you do step away from it. But mm -hmm. what has helped you to maintain the courage to to push forward? There, there, there's a lot for sure. On one end, like I'm I'm definitely I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I, at the end of the day, only I'm going to execute the way the goals that I have in my mind. No one's going to do it for me. So I feel like they're, they're on one hand, there's that. On the second hand, I feel like over the years, my why has been so strong that nothing else matters. I don't care how hard it is. My why matters more, right? Yeah. So again, with, with the example of, you know, opening, I was working 18, 20 hour days every single day last week. You know, I had people resign on me last minute and I had to step up and like, okay, I'm going to cover. For, like, this is me coming from a place where I've streamlined my business so much that I, I have my evenings off. I have my Mondays off. I work five days a week, you know, and now I had to kind of re-step into that role. But my why is so strong. And my why is that little little brown girl that's watching me on Food Network, that's watching me on, do my thing on Instagram. That is my why. I have, 
I have fathers and mothers coming up to me in the Costco parking lot saying, you are the reason my, my daughter wants to do what she wants to do. That is my why. It does not matter if I'm there 18, 20 hour days. It doesn't matter if I don't get my yeah. date of the week. That is my why. So I think just having such a strong why tells me that I, I'm going to move mountains and I'm going to help another little girl move mountains when she's there. So that that's it. That's honestly. Oh yeah, mic drop. Now you you mentioned Food Network, but oh, yeah. the listeners don't know. They don't know about the Food Network. Oh, I and I'll tell you, like <laughs> Ravina totally underplays this, but you're a champ. So, uh, I'm a so champ. Tell, tell us, like, not just um, what you did, which was so awesome, but you know, a couple of the learnings that you had along the way. For sure. So I'm a huge believer in manifestation and law of attraction. So in 2019, in January, I literally put on my vision board that I wanted to be on TV and I left it there. And that was just like something I just knew it was going to happen. So in April, I get reached out from a producer from Food Network saying, hey, we follow you on Instagram. We would love for you to apply for this show. So I'm like, cool, let's apply for this show. So we went through all the different steps of app applying. And then in May of 2018, 2018, 2019. Oh, I can't remember now. 20, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Oh, no. It was... Okay, anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, I applied. They We got on. We went in that summer. It was 2019. June 2019. We went and uh, filmed a Halloween episode for Food Network's The Big Bake, a brand new show on Food Network. And I went in with the mentality that we're facing previous champions of previous shows, it doesn't matter if we win. It's just crazy that we got this far. It's, it's crazy that, again, my why, a little girl is going to watch me and say, holy crap, she looks like me. I can do that too. And that is what kind of pulled us through everything, right? And the whole experience was a complete wild mess roller coaster, <laughs> like logistics-wise. But, you know, we made it through. We ended up winning um it aired october 2019 um on thanksgiving day uh we had crazy 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 stats for for our 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 episode and that's thanks to the community that's thanks to you know uh, food network and yeah just the key takeaways were you know your your mindset in every single situation matters if i went into that putting a crazy amount of pressure on myself a crazy amount of you know, I have to win, I have to win, I have to win, rather than the mindset that we did apply, which is we're working as a team, the goal is to get a finished product out and do the best we can and have so much Proud fun. Of that. Yeah. that That is what set us, set us apart, right? Our competitors were incredible. Like, I cannot believe that, you know, it turned out the way it did. But with that right mindset, with our right attitude, that's like kind of constant language, even while we were working and filming, you know, that makes a difference. Um, so yeah, yeah. It aired. Won. we won <laughs> and, uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's, so there's this idea of you being the underdog going into that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, again, focus on your why focus on what really matters. And, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times when I'm working with my clients, they'll be so like, scared of the main goal like if your goal was to win the show that can be a very scary thing that's also out of your control because mm -hmm. there could be something like you used a certain flavor that one of the judges hates yep. or for some reason 
the oven didn't cook as your normal oven does and you didn't know that. And so there could have been something that was out of your control. Plus, you don't know how the other people are going to do, but you focused on the process to the goal. So you created process goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you did that. Now tell us, how, what did that do for your business? Oh my goodness, we blew up. <laughs> like that that October after it aired, is the, that's the best month that we've had revenue-wise, but just community-wise, like people were like, wow, like we can't believe, you know, you are a living kind of testament of going for your dreams, not knowing any barriers, breaking through whatever barriers that there yeah. are and just going for it, right? And nothing held you back. And I'm like, well, why should it, right? Why should it hold anyone back? And I, and I understand that, you know, I may be privileged in the opportunities that I was given, but I also created some opportunities. But you earned it. I, I did earn you, it. I did earn it. You earned that. It was not that your uncle works at the TV okay. network, right? You earned it. And what I think is also a testament to what you're doing on other platforms mm-hmm. is your Instagram was how they found you. And so when people are thinking, I'm not going to put energy into, into certain things, you know, because of whatever reason, um, you don't know who's watching. Don't know who's watching. Exactly. You don't know who looked at you and passed you over. Yep. And so always putting your be- best foot forward. Yep. But for anyone also, that's like, I don't know how to reach the masses or I don't, I, I haven't proven myself. You are what at that point, just four years into your business? I was 2019. Two years, two years. Two years into running a physical business. And then you're like, I'm going to be on TV. Um, So that was, that was a really good idea. So listeners, like if you're thinking that you want to get your message out there or you want to build proof, social proof and experience and all that super quickly, take some of Ravina's like model after her. Baby steps. And you know what? Like Instagram doesn't need to be hard. Like I literally was just myself and like, I would put up a video on there. Like I literally would tell people like, Hey, I had a really hard day and you know, but I'm making these cakes and I'm just so excited to have this on your table. Like for, you know, I I was talking to my followers. I was letting my team talk to my followers. I was just, it it didn't have to be nice and professional and curated every single time. Of course there's, there's merit to, you know, branding and all that kind of stuff, but there's so much more to that, right? There's so much more, especially on a platform like Instagram or even Facebook, like people like to see your face, like to people, people like to see the face behind the logo. So I think I really took that to heart and, you know, everything that we do is surrounded um, with this idea of community, with this idea of living a dream and, and that resonates with people. So I think that's why we've had success online. And, you know, like I'm working with brands like Hershey Canada. Now I'm working with, you know, other big, big, crazy brands that I never thought I would be able to, but you don't know who you're going to reach, who you're going to touch, who you're, if your story can, can change one person's mood, one person's life, one person's day, then that's, that's incredible. You have that power. Vulnerability has that power, uh, whether it's showing, you know, your day to day, whether it's showing your why or sharing your story, it, it all matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's also what makes you different from others. It's when you have that story, that why that is so apparent. It does, it, it's funny because your name is just cakes, but it's mm-hmm. more than just cakes. Totally. totally. So the, for the business side of things, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. You do have a wide variety of offerings. 
Um, I don't know if people understand what the jar bar actually is. And so how did you make that business decision um, maybe to what you carry in your actual physical stores and the idea of having these vending machines for jarred cakes? Talk about that a little bit. So, I mean, the cake in a jar idea was born about six years ago. I was still, you know, from my parents' kitchen. I had a lot of scraps. I had extra filling, extra icing. And then my mom, we live on a blueberry farm. So my mom always makes jam in, in the summer. So we had uh, some extra mason jars and I literally just layered cake and filling and, and icing. And I posted it up on my Instagram. My Instagram probably only had 500 followers at that point. I didn't have a big following at that point. And, you know, people were like, oh my God, that's so cool. That's so convenient. And so I started selling them. So that's kind of how like the jars um, ended up, you know, being a thing. And I would do, you know, these flash sales and stuff again, just from my home kitchen. Um, when I went to Paris, uh, I posted a lot about, you know, my travels and what we were learning and stuff. And I kind of just picked and choose from every single week of like the type of dessert I wanted to try on a menu. When I came back home, I had like a tasting night of like 20 different desserts. And I kind of took like a tally of like what people loved. Um, then when it came time to open, I chose, I think at that time I had like 20 something items. And it was just a lot and <laughs> it was very hard um, to manage 20 things and, you know, streamline a menu. And we had a different menu every single week and like things like that. And, and although, you know, clients loved it, um, I found that, you know, this is too hard to streamline. And so we need to figure something out. So we kind of took like our favorites and brought it down to, you know, 15 items that we would have every single day and maybe switch the menu every two weeks. Now that's gone to, you know, having 10 items and we change it every quarter but uh, we have a seasonal thing every single month and there's always something new that you can get whether it's flavor wise or whatever so it's just, it's just been a lot of trial and error in terms of what people ha have liked and new things that we've tried and uh, they've caught on or you know things that we've tried and people don't like it so just kind of taking data right and and what works and what doesn't work and going from there yeah yeah and and not being afraid to upset a few customers oh, yeah totally Totally. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of people, but, but my people love this. Yeah. Well, they're going to love something else. Exactly. And if they're, if they're loyal to you, they're going to stick with you for, totally. you know, whatever it is. And so the, the jars, how did you decide that those would go in the vending machines? So my wonderful sister-in-law, uh, we were just like sitting there one day and we were, she was like, Hey, why don't you put cake jars in a vending machine? I'm like, and we laughed about it. We're like, Hey, let's do it. <laughs> so, Literally an hour goes by. We found a local vending machine supplier. We got him on the phone. He's like, this is crazy. I've been looking for a bakery to work on a project with me because it's, he's made the cupcake vending machines in yep. Toronto. And he was like, this is wild. Let's, let's have a meeting. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is my bakery name. Well, let's, let's meet here. And so I go and he was like, I did a little bit of research on you. He's like, I think you're the most perfect person to do this. And I'm like, sweet, awesome. And um, yeah, so we, we got it together pretty quickly. Um, I'm partnered up with my sister-in-law with this just investment sake. Um, and, you know, that helped kind of uh, get the project along quite fast. And when we first pitched it, uh, we, we got the machine, we put, put the money down and everything. When we first pitched it to, to our probably first five people that we emailed and reached out to, they were like, what? This is weird. <laughs> um, and Willowbrook uh, Center in Langley, 
they're awesome. We worked with them a lot in the past and they actually have, and this is for all small businesses that are local here, like take advantage of this. They have a pop-in um, at their, at the mall. And it's a unit that small businesses can rent out for free, for free. They can rent it out and for a week's time, two weeks time, whatever, and sell their products there. So they can get a feel of what it's like to be a actual storefront. Now there's wow. other costs associated with it, like your insurance and whatever else, yeah. but it's a really great way to like, you know, um, one for Willowbrook to support small businesses and two, to like kind of just get the feel of is brick and mortar for me. Right. So, yeah. So that, so we popped in at Willowbrook for 10 days and we got a lot of media coverage, a lot more than I ever thought we would. Uh, we were on like daily hive and these foodie places and newspapers on the news, uh, all that kind awesome. of stuff. And it just really took off and we took advantage of social media and, influencers and TikTok and all of that. And it went viral. And so, you know, we were there for 10 days. We are 10 days there paid for the machine plus them. So it was perfect. And we were like, well, this is, this is a proven concept now. And then we started reaching out to more malls and more malls and, and actually one mall Aberdeen center in Richmond, they reached out to me saying, we would love to have you there. And that's when, and we kind of figured that out. Now we've been there for about almost three months now. Um, and now that's kind of the trajectory that I want to go with. It's like, maybe we can be a, a, a touring, a mall tour <laughs> for the char bar or something like that. Right. And eventually the goal is like, this is my vehicle to be Canada wide. And that was a big thing uh, for me in 2020. It's like, how do I make this brand Canada wide, but also still being able to have a life. So that, that's always yeah, without there. having to open a store in every exactly. major city. Exactly. Which would yeah. not sustainable um at this point in my life I, I don't believe it would be I think there's better ways to to kind of get my my product out there so yeah that this is kind of the way I want to do that so it's, it's kind of come up really organically and Amazing. it's built the hype has been organic and everything so it's been really cool to see that so, yeah so I, I encourage everyone to follow Ravina on social <laughs> media at just cakes bake shop at the and at Rav thinks, and of course, go check out her podcast. It's going to be in the show notes. Ravina, let's let's close off in like, what's your final message? A lot of our listeners, yeah. are women, they're either high achievers in a corporate position or they're running their own business. And mm-hmm. so, what's kind of a final message that you that you want to leave them with? I know, as women, we get in our own heads. We tend to overlook our capability. We tend to overlook how much we can actually accomplish. And I just want to be there to say you can do anything anyone else can do. Imposter syndrome sucks. I get it. But you got to get through it. And it's just baby steps. It's day by day. It's just promising yourself that you're going to do one thing that aligns with your goals, with your why every single day. And eventually that one thing is going to become three things and five things and seven things. And then your entire life is just live, you're living with purpose and you, you have it in you. You hundred percent have it in you. You've got this far and you have it in you. So just keep going baby steps. That's all it is. Love it. <laughs> well, it, it is baby steps, but you took some, some of the friggin' big steps too. Right. So <laughs> yes. Founded, right. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Cause when you, when you started, you didn't say, and I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to work with major brands and I'm going to have sponsorship stuff. And I'm, you didn't say all that. You just said, I'm opening up a shop. Exactly. I'm opening up a shop. And then it became, I'm hiring an extra person. And then it became, I'm going to get into one more cafe 
then it became, I'm going to get into a grocery store and, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly. It's just, that's all it is. Awesome. 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 I love it. I'm just so happy for you and all the success you have had. And I look forward to seeing all the success you will have uh, in the future. For you, you're, you're amazing. You're ambitious. And I always feel so amazing talking to you. So thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. I didn't expect that. That's nice. <laughs> so for all of you listeners, if you enjoyed, not if, because you enjoyed Ravina's talk today, why don't you, uh, you know, pop a comment in or a review and let us know what you think. Um, and don't feel afraid to like pop on a social media and comment on there as well with the different hashtags and the different uh, handles that we're both at. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe and tell a friend about us because, you know, we don't want to be the best kept secret when I'm featuring all these amazing dynamic women like Ravina. So until next time, everyone, go have a jar cake and <laughs> stay dynamic. Bye. I know you may be thinking, uh, I don't have that kind of confidence that these ladies are talking about. Well, I want you to know that confidence is something that can be brought out of you, unleashed, built up with the right training, the right tools, the right inspiration. And if you're already confident, there is an opportunity to get to the next level. And so I want to let you know about a really cool event that I'm having called the Confidence Summit. The experience, the experience to not only boost your confidence, but to connect with other women who are boosting their confidence and getting to that next level. So here's what you can expect on February 26th and 27th, a couple hours on Friday and then throughout the day on the Saturday, we're going to have an experiential experience. What does that mean? You're actually going to be doing things even though we're virtual. So we're going to get together all of these women, 100 experience boxes are going to be shipped out. You're going to be receiving a box that has items, items that you're going to experience as the day goes on with all the other women. You're going to hear from 13 experts. You're going to have two engaging days. And what's going to happen? Your confidence is going to rise. You're going to have confidence tips for your life, tools for your business, easy to implement actions, inspirational stories. And like I mentioned, the experience box filled with over $150 in products from female business owners. But that's not all. They're going to be fun activities, enjoyable self-care, a community coming together and some surprises. We got to keep you on your toes. It's going to be so much fun. I invite you to attend. You can grab your tickets by going to the show notes or go to www.dianerolston.com forward slash confidence dash summit. Again, the link is in the show notes. Grab your ticket, grab your girlfriend so that you can experience this together with them. And let's help you reach your goals faster. We'll see you there. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.